brought me to the valley filled with dry bones. And the Lord said, prophesy to these bones. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And while I was prophesying, suddenly there was a rattling noise. And the bones came together. Then the ligaments, the muscles, skin covered them. But there was no breath. Then the Lord said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell it to breathe. Slothful in business, we're fervent in spirit and serving the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians 2 4 and Romans 12 11. Please be seated. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Where to start? I guess I'll start with meditation. All right. So our, our in him meditation for the week is Ephesians 3 6. And it says, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. All right, so our confession. It is God's plan that I will share in the blessings of God. I am part of the body of Jesus Christ. I will receive the things God has promised. In Jesus Christ, through the Bible. Praise God. All right. So our, our heal, that's, that's awesome that we have all these promises. Our healing scripture for this week is Isaiah 54, 17. And it says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. It, you know, it doesn't sound like a healing scripture, but, but when you realize that all the weapons, are, that, that, that sickness, infirmities, diseases are all weapons of Satan, that, are, that, that, that are, they're all part of the curse that comes against us when we're, when we're out of line with God, that as long as we're in line with God, these things cannot prosper against us, and they cannot stop us, and they cannot hold us back. So you have to realize that. And when you realize that, you realize that these weapons that they're speaking of cannot prosper when we're in line with God and when we're in, in, uh, in, in Jesus Christ. So our confession, 
sickness, infirmities, and diseases are weapons of the enemy. Because I am a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is of the Lord, none of these have any right to overcome me. Now, this doesn't say that they won't overcome you, but they don't have the right, and you can stop them as long as you do your part. Praise God. All right. So, uh, upcoming events. All right. So, uh, this has been rearranged. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, the Contending Faith Bible Conference, of course, is coming up uh, um, next week. So, uh, if you want any of the, uh, me and Robbie and Ann and um, Bob and Bethany are all going to be going. If uh, if any of you want, if anybody else wants the part of the uh, media, the USBs, CDs, any of that stuff, just let Miss Robbie know, and uh, we'll make sure you get it. Uh, and she says to let her know before the 24th of January. Oh, so so if you're watching and you say, hey, I really want that, if you're watching online. Oh, they're not online? Oh, that's right. Okay, so they're not online. I'm thinking of youth camp they, where they do them online. Gotcha. So if you, if you change your mind after we're gone, you can still get the stuff. <laughs> All right. And then we're going to have a, a church fellowship meal on uh, Feb February 11th, right after service, uh, and we'll have time for a fellowship and a meal. And uh, so, and, and there's details in there on what to bring. And then, uh, oh, and sign up. There's a sign. There's a sign up sheet. Okay, there is now a sign up sheet. <laughs> so please sign up so we know what you're bringing, so we don't we don't have like ten things of green beans. Okay. <laughs> right or six trays. Right. We, those would get eat. <laughs> All right. So, and then of course the um, there's there, we did do a uh, a printout this time uh, for the Ark Encounter, given all the details on that. Uh, so please uh, look through that. Now the uh, the prices listed on here are for the full price for the admission to the park. Uh, if we keep our current numbers, we will be able to get a discounted rate, which is why we need to have the final payment like a month out before we actually go so that we can we can confirm that's how many people are going and, and, and get the discounted tickets. Right, we have, if, if we lose, if we lose, well, if we lose two, because even if, because anyways, it's still worth it if, if, uh, if we lose two or if we lose one, right? Anyways, right, yeah, okay. We did. We did get the uh, the Stonehaven Cottage uh, confirmed and locked in. That and that's a really nice place to stay. Uh, the the rooms. There's only five bedrooms, but there's 13 beds. So the sleeping arrangements. 15 beds. Right. We need 13, but there's 15 beds. Gotcha. So you're confusing me. <laughs> right. Everybody's got a place to sleep. We 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 will we will probably be sharing rooms is the thing but we'll work that out to where where the right people are staying in the right rooms all right <laughs> sure
sir, if you want, come on. <laughs> okay, so here's the situation with the ARC. Um, we are doing our very best to get the prices as low as possible. The lodging anywhere other than Stonehaven is $100 a day per person. So we were looking at $200 for lodging um, per person. However, um, the house had actually, we like last month we were like, oh, that's a great place, but let's lock our numbers in. When we went to lock it in, it was taken. Um, and so we sent out a message and just said, hey, by chance, if that should come open, let us know. In the meantime, we made reservations for it to be 200 somewhere else. And then late yesterday evening, Pastor Mike got a text, and the lady said, um, uh, unbelievably, the house actually came available. And we were like, oh, okay. Uh, praise God. We were like, that's not unbelievable because we actually prayed. And we were like, God, if this is your house and this is your plan, we believe the trip is your plan. So if this is the house we're supposed to stay in, make it come available. And, I mean, in like a very short time it came available. So we know it was God. Um, but it's a beautiful house. It's a very old house. It's been remodeled. It's got two kitchens, five bathrooms, I mean five bedrooms, three and a half baths. There's a pool. There's a The pool will not be open. There's a lake. There's a jacuzzi. There's a hot tub. There's kayaking. There's it's all in. It's everything that's there is here, and uh, it's only going to cost us a hundred dollars a person for uh, both nights. For both total nights. total for both total nights. cost. Um, and yes, you're going to be sharing rooms, but we're not be sharing beds. And then um, so that works out really really well. We are going to charge a hundred dollar non refundable deposit because we have to pay for the house. We're locked in now. We have to pay for it. Um, however. The, the rental van and the uh, museum, we've got more time to pay. As Michael said, the reason we made the due date on that um, it, by March 19th is, is if we can get the discounted tickets, we have to do them a we month in advance. We have to purchase them a month in advance. Yes. So that's where, I, but all of your information is in this little thing right here. And you, if, you, if you say, hey, I want to go, I wasn't planning on it, but I want to, we can still add you at this point. So that is In fact, we can still add you up until the 17th. Yeah. yeah. After yeah. the 17th, then it'll be a little yeah. harder yeah. to add. Uh, so we can do that, but we've done everything we can to keep the cost as low as possible for everyone, to make it as easy as possible for everyone. We are going to leave Thursday morning, not Thursday evening, because it is a six-hour drive without any stops. And, you know, we want it to be a nice day, and we want to be able to enjoy the house and all of that. And so and that's we, why and we have rented a 15-passenger van yeah. so that most everyone can ride together, and then the luggage will ride with me and my truck. In the truck, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll throw you at least one passenger. Right. <laughs> at, least, at least one passenger. Uh, so, uh, but we're really looking forward to it, and, of course, you know, um, we're just going to have a great time. We're going to have a wonderful time celebrating Miss Kathy's birthday. <laughs> it just worked out that it worked out perfect for her birthday. And um, so we're going to be doing that, and then um, it's just going to be fun. And as I said, please sign up out there. The meal uh, does not have a theme. We don't have a set theme for the meal. Um, and so whatever you want to bring, that's what you're welcome to bring. But let us know what you're bringing so we can make sure we have a good variety of everything. Okay, now you can finish the announcement. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's pray. Lord, 
We thank you for this day, and we thank you for your, your being here with us. Lord, we, you are the most high God, the creator of heaven and earth. We thank you that you would take time to be with us. We are humbled and we are awed that you would take time to be with us. Lord, we thank you for giving me and Robbie the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that are here seeking to hear from you and to draw closer to you, and those that are listening online seeking to draw closer to you as well. Lord, we ask that your, your healing power go out through all the people here and that, that they be healed in body and spirit, in mind, in Jesus' name. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. That means you cannot take our health either. And you cannot take our things. You cannot take anything from us. In fact, you must flee in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord, and thank you, Jesus. Amen. Derek? Good morning, disciples. Uh, let's, uh, let's do our confession together. <laughs> I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. All right. Good job. Way to work on your, on your healing there.
praise you, Lord.
know, the scripture says that if we'll not be ashamed of him, he'll not be ashamed Amen. of us. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are not ashamed Amen. of him. Glory. Amen. Glory. 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 Fully persuaded that he will do what he has promised. Amen. Glory. We are fully persuaded. Praise you, Lord. Glory be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness. We thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Morning, everybody. Glory, glory, glory. Let's see if I can find that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Turn to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. You know, sometimes we don't understand exactly the power of praise and worship. This is not the sermon for today, but the Lord brought the scripture to mind, so let's use it. Second or Second Chronicles chapter five. And uh we're gonna pick up right here in um let me give you a little backstory here. Um well, let's just pick up in verse 11. We're going to read verse 11 to the end of the chapter. All right. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. So first he said when the priest. Now, under the old law, under the old covenant, you had to be of the tribe of Levi to be of the priest. Well, how much do you know? Jesus made us all priests. This, the New Testament tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, that were ministers of Christ that were ambassadors of God that makes us of the priesthood so we qualify for this verse all right so and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course it says the priests were sanctified it means that they were cleansed and set aside for the master's use how much you know by the blood of Jesus you've been cleansed and set aside for the master's use Come on. All right. Verse 12. Also, the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Aspha, of the Heman, of uh, Juduthun. Sounds Juduthun? good. Okay. With their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. Now, 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 some people will teach that, oh, you're not supposed to have instruments in the church. Well, they had it in the Old Testament. They had psalteries, which are, tight, which are stringed instruments. And harps. And harps and cymbals. Um, and trumpets. And trumpets. They had, they had all the big music. And they had singers. Let's keep going. It came to pass... Or it came even Verse to pass. 13. Yep. 
as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Okay, verse 13. And it came to pass as the trumpers and the singers as what? Were as, as one. As one. As one. What did, as one, what did they do? They made one sound. They made one beautiful, perfectly timed, in pitch, no flawed music. No. It says they made one sound. One sound together. Let's keep going. To be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. They made that sound for the, for the sole purpose of being heard in praising. Who did they want to hear them? God. They wanted God to hear them. They wanted God to hear their songs of praise. Let's see what happens when God hears. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals, there's another instrument, and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good. Notice it says instruments of music. That's all types of instruments. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Saying, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. That when the house was filled with a and that then, that then oh that sorry then, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Many people struggle to get into the presence of God. And the reason they struggle is because they will not praise. They won't praise. You want to get the victory, you need to praise. We were sitting here, we were doing praise and worship, and I just kind of got over there with God. And the Lord reminded me of um, Miss Dodie Olstein. If you don't know who she is, that is Joel Olstein's mother, which was John Olstein's wife. Years ago... She actually was diagnosed with cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer. and She had to go through chemo and treatments and all of that. And she refused, 100% refused any pain medication. Now, that sounds incredible. And her family were, it was, because she was in a lot of pain from the cancer itself and from the treatment. She was in a lot of pain and a lot of misery. And they, were, and they were trying to encourage her to take the pain medicine. And she said, I will not take it because I don't want anything to alter my mind that would prevent me from getting before my God. And so what she did, despite the immense pain and how she coped with her immense pain, and how she came through this through all of the treatments and everything is she would get in her house and she would just praise God with everything in her and she did this day after day after day after day after day after day she would force her body to get up and to praise and do you know that she is still alive today She's still very active in the ministry today. She's cancer-free and everything. Why? Because I believe she met the glory cloud of God. I believe that in her, in her uh, sickness, because she would not yield to her physical flesh, because she said, praise is my answer. Praise is where, what brings my manifestation. 
praise is what brings my cure. Basically, she was fully persuaded that God was her healer. Now, she didn't, she didn't say, well, no, God's my healer. I'm not going to use doctors. No, we still use doctors to help us in the storms. That's why God gives them wisdom. Well, that's why God invented doctors. You know, I mean, God, God gave man wisdom. To, to be able to do these treatments and to do these things, we still use medical care, but we use it in conjunction with the power of God. And God can lead and guide their hands as well. And, and, and to the right treatments and all of that. Because the reality is, is we live in a dying and a cursed world, and our physical bodies are under the curse and they're under the attack of Satan. Even if we lived perfectly healthy all the days of our life, our body is still going to decay. If we did everything right, right, even if we did everything right, our bodies are going to begin, maybe decay is not the right word, our bodies are going to begin to break down through the aging process. Let me put it that way. It doesn't matter how healthy you eat. doesn't matter how active you are. It doesn't matter, you know, I mean, all of those things are good and beneficial, but your body is still going to break down through the aging process because of the curse. And because of that, God knew that, God gave us a natural tool to help us, and that's the wisdom of doctors. But we shouldn't just only rely on the wisdom of doctors. We should also rely on the wisdom of God. And we need to use some of these tools, such as praise. But the whole point, and I didn't mean to get over there, but that needed to be said, but the whole point is Miss Doty Olstein was fully persuaded there was no i'm sure that there were days when the pain was excruciating that she felt like i'm sure the thoughts had to enter her mind you're crazy you're stupid you ought to go ahead and take the pill you need to quit you've been praising for days weeks or even months and this doesn't seem to be doing anything i'm quite sure all of those thoughts and all of those emotions attacked her i'm positive of it but yet she would not be moved. She was fully persuaded. She was fully persuaded that if she praised God in the storm, God would bring her through the storm. She was fully persuaded. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about being fully persuaded. So, so, so. Fully persuaded. So Dodie's victory was in her praise. Yes. And God's not a respecter of persons. So our victory is in our praise as well. That's right. But here's the thing. You can't just praise and not pray. That's right. So you have to pray first, and then you praise, and that's where your victory comes in. Now, here's the the neat thing about about, uh, praise and worship. It's a form of prayer as well. That's right. See, the Bible tells us that we're to to, um, pray at all times. But I don't know about you guys, but after a while, I run out of things to say. Yep. But I can sing all day long. Yep. So when you run out of things to say, start praising your way to that victory. Yes. You know, spend some time every day praising the Lord. You know, and you do it in the car on the way to work or whatever. You know, but or or in in the shower. Some people like to sing in the shower and they sound better too. So, but (laughs) sometimes the fact that they don't sound good is a good place to sing is in the shower. But here's the deal. The more you praise, the more you, you worship, the better you're going to sound. You yeah. do improve with practice. Yeah. And, and praise doesn't always have to be, praise does not always have to be singing either. Praise can simply be, Father, I praise you. 
I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. I thank you, I praise you, I praise you. Father, I glorify you, I magnify. Just, just walking and just saying, just speaking out of your mouth continually. Father, I thank you that I have the victory. Father, I thank you that you, that you caused me to overcome in every area of life. Father, I give you glory and I give you honor. Father, I didn't know about that situation, but you did. And I thank you that you already have my provision in place. Father, I just glorify you. What is this? This is stirring your fully persuaded status. Amen. This is stirring that. I'm fully persuaded. See, the devil wants you to get over into your mind and go, there's just so much on my plate, I just can't function. Oh, there's so much on my plate, I can't function. Uh, How much do you know the scripture says that with Christ or through Christ or in Christ, all things are possible? Christ makes you able to do all that God has called you to do. Maybe there's some things on your plate that God didn't call you to do. Maybe there's some things on your plate that you're trying to do that God never told you to do. And maybe you need to get out of those things. But God, if I don't do this, then, then this, this, and this doesn't happen. Well, guess what? Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. The problem is, is you're doing this thing right here, or you're failing to do this thing right here, I should say. Proverbs chapter 3, he said, uh, oh my goodness, I want to make sure I get the right verse. Yeah, verse 5, let's just read verse 5. All right. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. See, the reason that you're overwhelmed is because you're leaning on your own understanding. Yep. You're leaning on your own understanding. So we were talking about the ark during the announcements and the, the provision of God. See, we had, we had the house picked out. We had it picked out, um, but because of the holidays and everything, to be truthfully and honest, uh, 100% honest, uh, one, we were waiting to verify our numbers, but two, we were waiting on the money to be in the bank account to reserve the house. Yeah, because you had to pay like half of it up front in order to uh, reserve it. To reserve it. And the money just wasn't in the account at that time because we just came through the holidays. So we had to wait. And so then when, we, when the money got in the account and we sat down to do it, guess what? The house was no longer available. And I got overwhelmed. Michael got overwhelmed. He, he said, honey, we lost the house. The house is reserved. We, we, it's not available anymore. What are we going to do? And I said, and I told him, I said, well, let's reach out to him and let's, let's just let, you know, just reach out to him and say, hey, if it comes available. He said, honey, it's already taken. It's already taken. At that point, I was in my own understanding. He was in his own mind and his own understanding. And there was no moving him in that moment. No, there wasn't. There was no moving him in that moment. So we said, I said, okay, okay, you get on your computer, I'll get on my computer, and we'll get to looking, and we'll do this and that. And, and honestly, you know, for a couple hours, we were trying to figure this whole thing out, and it was getting expensive. I mean, it was getting up there. But, but yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it was like $100 like a night three, per person, which like was $200 two, two per Two or lobby. three times as much. And that was for much much. Not as nice. Nice. I mean, it was still nice, but not nice. And uh, 
So we went through this for a couple hours, and, and he kind of got calmed down a little bit, and we, and we saw we had a few options. They weren't great, but they were options. And, uh, and then I said, and once he got that done, uh, and somewhere yeah, in the I mid- wasn't listening at that point. It's somewhere in the midpoint, I said, honey, see if you can text. Uh, there's no point in that. It's already, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, we don't, have, we're, we don't have his mind yet. So we went through and got things kind of settled, and we got things, we got everything settled. I did eventually listen to the voice of wisdom. Right. <laughs> we, we finally got everything completely settled. We had something else reserved at the higher price, but it was functional, and, and we could, oh, in the end time, we had, we had found another house that wasn't as nice, but was close to the same price, and we were able to reserve that, and, and that took the pressure off because he felt like he had gotten an answer. But within just a couple of hours, he got a phone call from him, and they said, oh, we're so sorry, uh, the Airbnb thing um, glitched, and, and actually the house is not available. We've already refunded your deposit. And he was like, oh, honey, and here we go again. Right. <laughs> so that's when we went through all the drama again. And then, <laughs> People get frustrated. I understand. <laughs> and, uh, and, and finally, we got it all settled out at a higher price, but that's what we got to do. And I said, now, I said, honey, we've got a place secured. I said, you know where the first house was and all of that. I would really, I highly recommend, because it was just stirring in my spirit. I said, I highly recommend that we see if we can figure out how to message these people and just say, hey, if by chance this house should come available, let us know. And it took him a little bit to figure out how to do it, but he got it figured out and sent him a message. And he said, okay, I got the message to go. He, and I said, okay, good. And, and they replied back pretty quick. They, and, said, and then, they said, if it, happened, they said, if it happens, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll let you know. Yeah, they, within just a couple of minutes. And uh, I said, well, let's pray about it. And so this is what we prayed. We said, uh, you know, we said, well, Father, we are, and I actually said, Father, we are fully confident. How much you know that's fully persuaded? We are fully confident that this trip is of your plan and your will. We believe you led us to do this trip at this time. Father, you know the numbers and what things are looking at. And you know that we had already talked to you about this house that is now taken. Uh, Father, um, if, if it's your plan and your will for us to be in that house, we ask that you cause that house to come available. And if that's not the right place for us to stay, we ask that you lead us to the right place we already have these reservations, but if they're not right, let us know. And, uh, and, and, and we just settled on it. We said, well, we'll just wait on the Lord at this point. Well, late last, last evening, it wasn't at night, but it was in the evening, uh, was a little after dinner time, Michael came in, the room, came in, and he said, honey. I said, what? He said, I just got a text message. He said, the house is available. And I said, Really? He said, yeah. She called me, and she said, what was the word she used? She said, unbelievably, unbelievably. Actually, I think it was amazingly. Amazingly. That's what she said. She said, amazingly, she said, the house is suddenly available. For those dates. For those dates. How much do you know? We're not amazed. I, I, of course, texted back, (laughs) praise God. (laughs) We're We're not amazed. We know exactly what happened. We know exactly what happened. Our Lord, our God got in there and he moved some things around. How much do you know? We were, Michael was initially operating in his understanding, in which case he saw no way out. 
But when we turned it over to God, God said, oh, this is easy. Watch this. Deep, deep, deep. It's available. We went, wow, God, you're amazing. But so often, because we have been trained to depend on our own mental ability, we leave God out of every situation. When what we need to do is we need to train ourselves to, to put God first in every situation. Yep. He was, there was something else that happened the other day. I don't remember what it was. Uh, was it the chicken, maybe? <laughs> he had taken the dog. I had let them out, but then he had gone out to, to, to get them, make sure they did all their business and everything. And he was gone a long time. He was gone a long time. And uh, he come back in, and he kind of looked exasperated on his face. And I said, you, I, I said, you get lost? And he said, no. He said, I was dealing with an unruly chicken. I said, an unruly chicken? He said, yeah. He said, that one stupid chicken won't go in the coop at night. i got to go out there and get her and put her in the coop. He said, I bent over to get her, and she freaked out, and she hit me in the face. She flew right into my face. Flew into my face. And then she's like, and now I spent the next five or ten minutes chasing her all over the yard. Because you can't pick her up when she's out there going like this, you know. In the dark. In the dark. And I was like, oh. I said, well, did you take authority over her in the name of Jesus? And he said, now you suggest it. I was like, well, that's my first reaction, but okay. <laughs> How much do you know? We have to train ourselves. We have to train ourselves to rely on God first. Now, he's not the only one that has a struggle. He's not the only one that has this problem. There's plenty of times that something goes unruly in my life, and I call Michael, and I'm like, and he's like, and I'm like, did you pray about it? Honey, did you pray about it? And I'm like, I love it when I get a chance to say that. I'm like, I'm like, I love you, but I am not your fan right now. (laughs) No, how much, you know, we've got to train ourselves to not lean on our own understanding. And so often, these are, these are a lot of comebacks that we hear. Well, God gave me a brain. He expects me to use it. That's one of my comebacks. (laughs) I'm just trying to cover you in love. Yeah, I know it. But how much do you know? God did give us a brain, and he does expect us to use it, but he doesn't expect us to use our brain to override our fellowship with him. Amen. He expects us to go to him about every situation, everything. Just because you can't see the answer doesn't mean there is not an answer. There's always an answer. Every situation that you face in your life, I don't care how big it is or how teeny tiny it is. God already has your answer in. He already has your answer. He already has it available. He already has the provision in place. But if you won't take the time to lay down self and go to the one that has the answer, you're not going to get his answer. You're not going to get his supply. You're not going to get his relief. But there's some people in the Bible that uh, learned very quickly to depend upon God. I want you to go to uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. The biggest one that we think of when we think of being fully persuaded is uh, Abraham. Father Abraham was, yes, was, is, is renowned for being um, fully persuaded. Maybe it's because of this scripture right here. Maybe it's because he hoped against hope. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's because he, you know, he was 100 years old and had a baby. But he was fully persuaded. 
So we're going to pick up in Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 16. Romans 4, 16. For which cause we faint not. Mm-mm. Oh, in, I'm in Corinthians. How you're in 2 Corinthians. You're in the wrong spot. I, I was on chapter 4, though. That's a good chapter. That's a good chapter. All right. 4.16, right? 4.16, Romans. Oh. There we go. There we go. Now we're in the right spot. <clears throat> Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. So the re- so here's why. This sounds a little double-hawked a little bit here. Um, let's take out some of the italicized words, which is it is and it may, or, or it might be. So let's kind of read it this way. Therefore, of faith that by grace the end of the promise might be sure to all seed. The promises of God come to pass by faith. And faith simply means to fully and completely, concretely trust in God. Amen. A concrete trust is a trust that is unmovable. And it's completely unmovable. I mean, that's why they put those concrete pillars around the gas pumps is because if somebody were to run in or towards the gas pumps, they want something there that is, go- that is not going to be easily broken so that it stops the car before the car hits the gas pumps and causes an explosion. You've got to... What, what we need to do is we need to put concrete pillars around us of faith that cause us to not be moved when, when the storms of life hit. When the schedule gets rough, we got to look at that thing and go, mm, hold on, let me see what the Lord has to say about it. You know, a lot of people don't consult the Lord about their schedule, and they should. I've gotten myself in a hot mess plenty of times because I was quick to say yes, Instead, and so I've had to train myself to say, hold on, let me pray about it. Notice it's training. It's training. We have to train ourselves. Um, and he said, or, you know, teaching. We have to develop these lifestyles of, of training ourselves. We need to talk to the Lord about our schedules. We need to talk to the Lord about how much responsibility we take on. Because let me tell you something. The world will drown you in responsibilities if you allow them. If you, uh, your, your parents, your children, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your bosses, your friends, your colleagues, they're all going to constantly be pulling on you if you don't learn to say, Father, what's of you and what's not? I don't know why this is the direction this is going, but this is important for somebody. We've got to learn to, to be so persuaded in the things of God that God is our first thought. What does God say? Does God say I need to take on that responsibility? Does God say I need to, you know, or do I need to leave that space available so that I have time for him? You know, what does God say on that? But he said, but, but how much you know? It says, uh, therefore, of faith, it might be, uh, therefore, of faith, it by grace, to the end of the promise. In order for you to get the promises, you have to be in faith. And in order for you to be in faith, you've got to be rooted in the concrete trust that God 
has everything already arranged. You just have to be in his path and you have to be in his line and to make it happen. Now, what happens? Well, what happens if I mess up and I get out of line? God is not so weak that he can't get you back in course. God can get you on course. Listen, Michael and I were off course in our life for probably 10 to 12 years. I mean, we, we don't have time to go back to it, but, I mean, we can point to you. We can say right here at this moment in this year, God was pointing us to this church under this pastor, under this thing, and had we done that, we would have gone to this school, we would have been connected with this person, this would have happened, that wouldn't have happened, this would have, I mean, and we can take you through about 10 to 12 years of our life which would have looked very, very differently. But, oh my goodness, when we got towards the end of that 12 years and everything was a hot mess and we said, Lord, I just I, I remember distinctly sitting on my bed in Charlotte and just crying to the Lord and saying, Lord, I just want to come home. And I wasn't even talking about coming home to him in my mental mind. But in my heart, my heart said, Lord, I'm coming back to you. But in my mental mind, I was like, I just want to get back to Murphy. <laughs> but in my heart, when I cried out those words, Lord, I just want to come home to you. I mean, God moved in so quickly and so fastly, and he did such a turnaround in our life. I mean, he took us from that moment to two years later, we stepped in into uh, ministry. I mean, supernatural reversal. Whoosh. What did he do? He said, man, you've been off course so long, I don't have time to waste with you. Let's get you back on track. And he put us, yeah, go to Nineveh, get us back on track. And then, I mean, and he's just been, I mean, and, and we're like, man, how did God connect us to that person? How, I mean, and, I mean, we can, we can look at it. We can see, man, had we gotten connected to this person back there, then. So when you get off, it's not the end of the world. Your walk with God is not fragile. You need to write that down. Your walk with God is not fragile. It's not fragile at all. No, he no, didn't. he didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can look at we can look at Abraham, we can look at Noah, we can look at Moses, we can look at all the the fathers. They all of have faith. their times of doubt. See, we have to become fully persuaded that God's going to do what He's going to say. We have to build those concrete pillars, as Robbie is saying, of faith. Well, how do you build faith? Well, the Word says we build faith by hearing and hearing the Word. That means studying your scriptures, meditating, meditating on, on them, praise, praises. You know, yep. most of your praise songs are scripture. scripture. They're yep. straight out of the scriptures. They might be edited a little bit so they sing better, but they are straight out of the scriptures. Yep. So the, the more, I don't know about y'all, but the more I hear about the goodness of God, the more I hear about the good things he's done, the more faith I have in what he's going to do. You know, there's a song that we sing. Robbie's not real thrilled with it because it starts out with doubt it tells us about how how sometimes we doubt that god did the things he did but then it says it says but did god part the sea yes did god save me yes he did he did all these things if god did that then he's going to carry me through you know, that's how we build the faith. We hear about the good things that God has done in our lives and the, God, and the good things that God has done in the scriptures and throughout time. He is always doing good things. And as long as we keep putting those in front of us, as long as we keep seeking those out, we will build that concrete pillar of faith. We will build, become fully persuaded to where if God says it, it's going to happen. And there's no question in our minds. 
And he pointed out, I'm not a fan of the song, and I'm not, because it starts off with doubt and unbelief. And I'm not going to feed on doubt and unbelief, and I'm not going to feed other people doubt and unbelief, because it's going to hinder their faith. I have a responsibility to put nothing in me but faith. But as long as we understand that we all start from that position, but by hearing the things that God has done for us, it builds our faith and makes it concrete. You know, from a, you know, you want to listen to it on your own, that's fine. But when we're in here, we're trying to build faith in you. We're not trying to put doubt in you that we can turn around and we can erase. You know, let's put doubt in them and then let's try to erase the doubt. Well, that's just twice or three times the work. Let's not do that. See, this is why you have to be very particular about what you hear. Be very particular about what you see. Be a stickler for the words. One of the songs we sang this morning, it said, if creation... And that if just under my skin. Because we know, no, creation was created to declare your glory. No, there's no if to it. So I don't even sing the if. And and there's even scientific (laughs) proof that all of creation does sing. Yes. All of creation has a sound that is constantly glorifying the Lord. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Exactly. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's keep reading this. All right. Where were we? Uh, we are partway through verse 16. Okay. We've gotten really far. <laughs> All right. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, or therefore of faith that, or, that, that, by grace. that by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all seed. Not that only, uh, not that, not, not to, to that me. only. Man, I'm really. You're good. All right. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham. Notice it says of the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham. See, because Abraham was here before the, faith, before the law was. That's so right. we can't count on the law. Abraham, yep. Abraham didn't yep. count on the law. He had, faith, he had faith. He was fully persuaded. The, the Bible says he was fully persuaded that God was going to do what he said he was going to do, and therefore that was counted to him as faith. See, everything that, everything that the Word of God is based on is not based on the law. It's based on faith, that concrete, unmovable trust that God is who he says he is and that he does what he says he will do. And that's what Abraham listened to was that faith. But we're going to look at how did he become so persuaded. But let's keep going because we've got to get to verse 20 and 21. All right. So, <laughs> but to that also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. We know that's in Genesis. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and calleth Those things which be not as though they were. I want you to underline that right there. Mark it in your Bible somewhere. Um, God, just underline God, and then calleth those things which not be, or calleth those things which be not as though they were. The Father God, Father God, calls those things which are not as though they were. Verse 17. God calls those things which are not as though they were. The Father declares not what he currently sees 
or what the current situation is. He declares what it is going to be. What it is going to be. Which is the way he created the earth. If you're believing for healing and you say, I will be healed, I will be healed, I will be healed. Guess what? That's future tense. And that future never gets here because you're constantly saying future tense. But God called us in the midst of our sickness, in the midst of our disease. And he said, you are healed. You were healed 2,000 years ago. In the midst of our poverty, he says you have been made rich. In the midst of our, in the midst of our, of our doubt and unbelief, God said you are a child of faith. You are a person of faith. What is he doing? He's declaring what he, want, what he is going to see, not what the current situation is. Says. And that's being fully persuaded. See, even the Father God has to operate out of faith. Even the Father God has to operate by the same laws that he expects us to operate by. And the Bible starts out that way. He started out when he was creating the world. He said, light be. That's right. There was no doubt in him. It and wasn't, and it, no wasn't light. and it wasn't there. There was no light. The, the earth was covered with the, with darkness and the void. And he said, light be. And it was. He said, he said, land be separated from, from the waters. And they were. Yeah. And it, and was, it was good. good. He, this is good. the way God operates. This is the way he created, and he created us in his image. So we operate the same way. That's right. That's right. You know, I mean, we can look at our bank account sometimes and we think there ain't no money in there. But we look at our bank accounts and we say, Father, we thank you that we have all the provision that we need. Father, we thank you that we're fully provided. You supply all our Father, needs. we thank you that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you what are we doing? We are speaking <laughs> what we want to see or what we plan to see. We're speaking just like God. We're calling those things which are not as though they were already that way. We've got to get past it will happen. It will happen. It will come. Um, you know, well, you know, uh, I kind of get tickled at Pastor Mike because a lot of times he'll say, Satan, we will, uh, we will bind you. And I'm like, no, we do bind you. You know, and it's mental mindset. I'm talking it's, about the group when I say that. No, <laughs> I know, but, but I'm just saying mental mindset is automatic future tense because we don't see it with our physical eye. But God already sees it with his physical eye. So we're just getting an agreement with him. And so there is a truth. Um, you have to, in order to obtain things in God, and I've learned this, um, when you're dealing with chronic sickness uh, or poverty, you in your mind's eye sees you as sick or poor. When you, when you, when you picture yourself or when you picture your bank account, do you see it empty or do you see it full? When you... When you, uh, if you're dealing with sickness, do you see yourself dealing with that sickness all the days of your life? Or do you see that sickness being completely eradicated from your body? See, why? Because we call those things which are not as though they were. Which means that we're calling them the way that we want to see them or the way that we're planning to see them. Uh, you know, because it's a, based on a promise. I know uh, one minister in particular, um, she, um, 
The Lord was talking to her about her uh, ministering to, to large crowds. And at that time, she was only ministering to very small crowds. And, and she just, that's just what she saw. Um, and one of her, one of her, um, I, I think the, I think she had just taught on this, calling things though as the, as not, and she just couldn't see it. She just couldn't see her ministering to large crowds. And so she got to thinking about it and meditating on it. And so she asked one of her people that worked for her and said, is there a way to, you know, I, I know they do a lot of Photoshop stuff. Is there a way to kind of do a picture of like a large crowd of people and me in a pulpit, you know, like preaching, you know, like a, and they said, oh, yeah, that's real simple. So, so this person made her a picture of, a, of, a, of a, somebody standing and speaking to a large crowd, and they put her picture in there instead of the person that was, and, they, and she put it up in her office. Why? Because she was getting a visual mental picture of seeing herself preaching to large crowds. That minister now preaches to very massive large crowds. I asked Derek at one point in time, years ago, I said, Derek, can you see yourself skinny or smaller And he said, mentally in your mind? And he said, no. He said, this is the, I've been this big my entire life. I have no idea what that looks like. And I said, well, why don't you start praying and asking God to help you get a visual of it? And he said, oh, okay. And so he kind of laughed at me and kind of thought, Pastor, you're crazy, but whatever. But I'll work on it. And, and eventually, I mean, and it took, it took a few years, didn't it, Derek? It took a few years to get that way, and all of a sudden, and I kind of forgot that I had challenged him to that, um, but every once in a while I'd see something. I think there was a picture one time of a sculptor who had sculpted a very large person on one side and the same person very fit on the other side They kind of, and to give kind of a visual, and I sent that to Derek. I said, maybe this will help, and he thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day after years, he called me and he said, Pastor, I see it, I see it. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I can actually, in my mind's eye, he said, I can actually see myself as a much smaller person. And he said, I'm sorry. And at that, once he could see it, he started making steps and strides towards it. What did he, what happened? His persuasion, the level of his, con, of his confidence that it could come into existence shifted he was more persuaded at that point than he had ever been because he could see it in his mind's eye he began to call it uh even though it, even though he wasn't smaller he began to declare himself i'm losing weight i'm getting fit for jesus i'm doing what god i'm i'm gonna do this i'm gonna fulfill this i'm getting this now right now the devil's fighting him with everything he's got but Derek's over but Derek's overcoming it step by step day by day he's overcoming it he ain't quit, and he ain't going to quit. Glory to God. Come on. I'm calling it this as is, Derek. I'm calling it. I'm and, calling it. <laughs> and this, this works in all of our lives because, you know, like when, when, when we start to feel sick, you know, we get a little cough or a tickle in our throat or oh, whatever, yeah. and we go, uh-oh, I'm starting to get sick. Yeah. No, know, no, no, no. That's, that's, right at that moment, we have the opportunity to say, oh, I'm starting to get sick, or... Uh-uh, you've got no right to me. The word says you have no right to me, and I am not getting sick. I don't have time for this. I'm not doing mm -mm, it. Mm -mm. Get out of my life in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, we've been challenged a lot lately because the flu's been going around and COVID's been going around, and we've had some sinus stuff going on. And, I mean, the devil's just been yapping in my ear. I'm like, no, I ain't taking that. I, I can honestly that. think of times where I gave in 
and said, oh, I think I'm getting sick. And sure enough, I did. And then other times, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really notice it at the time, but now looking back on it, I can. I have said, no, I don't have time for this. I am not getting sick. And I st- kept going and, yeah. and kept working, and I did not get sick. Yeah, indeed, it's happened plenty of times. Let's keep going. Verse 18, but Abraham, come on. Uh, verse, verse 18, 18? okay. Yep. All right. Talking who, about Abraham. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Underline that. Against hope believed in hope. When it looks like there's no hope, when it looks like there's no way, when it looks like there's no possible way for there to be any change, there's no possible way that you're going to make it. This is a big, this is really big with people that are trying to overcome certain situations in their life. You know, you can, I've met people that are like, I've tried to quit smoking more times than I can count. I've tried to quit this. I've tried to quit that. I've tried to get my mouth under control, blah, 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 blah. And I just keep falling. How much do you know? When we give them an encouraging word, they're trying to hope against hope. Because they feel like all hope is lost. They feel like they have lost the battle so many times that they can't overcome it. How much do you know in this moment, Abraham, being in his 90s, having not been able to physically be with a woman for we don't know how long, we just know that his body was dead in that regard uh in 90 years old uh how much and then yet the lord came to him and said oh no you're gonna you're gonna have a baby how much you know he's trying to hope against all hope he's trying to he's trying to muster some faith when there's no way for him in his mind to figure out how the lord is going to cause this to happen because we we so often judge the Father God based on our experience and our knowledge instead of our experience and our knowledge of Him, and, and, based and that's on, a big difference. And based on our abilities, not His. Right, His abilities far exceed ours. So you have to. There is faith will cause you to hope when there is no hope, when there's no way out, when there's no possible way. I'm telling you what. When I sat on my bed and I cried to God and I said, I just want to come home. We were without hope because we had moved to Charlotte as a stepping stone to get back to Murphy. We had been there for seven years, and we were going more and more and more into debt despite the fact that he was working two good-paying jobs. I was working a good-paying job. I mean, we were, we were doing everything that we could, and Satan was eating everything. We, we didn't know what was happening. We just know... Man, this is this is not looking good. I mean, we're we're drowning. How much you know? We had no hope. But I called out to God and I said, God, I, you are my only hope. And it's not like we were living extravagant. I believe the house we were living in was smaller than this room. Yeah, I mean, it was a tiny house, and it was on. It, you know, you know, over there in the in, in the if you know anything about the cities, you, you know, you've got your ghettos and your and your project areas. But somewhere in the middle of the ghetto is that one little cluster neighborhood that's like the nice little neighborhood but you got to go through the ghetto to get to the okay neighborhood that's where we live in fact every single day we drove in and drove out um the main road that our little house was on was on stripper row i mean it was so we had to go we had to drive stripper row every day just to get home and then and and michael bless his heart he's so sweet and naive he'd go to the gas station the strippers try to pick him up and he's like, I'm just, I was like, what are you doing? Do you not see? And he said, I was just being nice. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. 
my point is, is all hope was lost for us at that point. But though, even though all hope was lost, our only hope was in Christ. But here's the deal. You got to get your faith to a place where you believe in God. Even when you can see a way out, you got to continue to trust in God because maybe the way you're going to get out is not the way he wants you to get out. Maybe the way he wants to bring you through your situation is not the way that you are going to bring your way through the situation. So this is where you got to believe from him. So who, so Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope, or against hope, believed by faith is another way we could say this. Let's keep going. That he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken by God. Now, I want you to underline that. That which was spoken. That which was spoken. Why do I want you to underline that? Because what Abra- the only thing that Abraham had was a word from God. All he had was God spoke. That's all he had. That's all he had. You got to remember, Abram, Abraham before he was uh, before he was father Abraham was Abram, who was raised in a pagan family and served pagan gods. And then here comes this other god that nobody's ever really heard a whole lot about, except for you know Noah and things like that. But you know, very few, most most of the world's rejected, and it comes to him and says. Abraham, hold your spot right here and go to uh, Genesis chapter 12. I believe is where we want to go. Hold your spot. We're coming right back here. I just want you to see this. Did Abraham have a word from the Lord? Yeah, but it was at a weird time. Oh, this is before then. A little bit. Well, somewhere in that vicinity. Genesis 14. Oh, 14. I'm sorry, 12. Genesis 12. Sorry. Okay. Genesis 12. Right before this, they're giving the lineage of, of Abram, and he grabs Lot, um, and uh, it, Lot, Lot's joined with him. He has his wife, Sarah, and they begin to travel. And then one day, let's look at verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy oh, excuse me, country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. This is all that this is all that Abram had was a word from God. And and what God said to him was, Abram, get thee out of thy country. Abram, leave your family. How much do you know that's leaving all your security? Abram, leave your family. Leave your country. Basically God said, Abraham or Abram, go. And yeah. Abraham, Abram said, Which way? Yeah. He said he said, Get out of thy country. In other words, leave your hometown. Get away from your kindred, leave your family, and from the father's house. In fact, don't even take his provision. That's his provision. That's his security. Um, onto the land that I will show you. Up to this point, Abram's been living with dad. He's got his wife. He's living with his dad. He now has his nephew in tow. And, uh, and, and, and God said, Abram, get up and leave. How much... Do you know, if God all of a sudden showed to you and said, I want you to pack your bags and I want you to leave, how much do you know you'd kind of like, you'd hesitate. You'd hesitate a little bit. Especially if he said, said go someplace like Russia or China. Leave leave all your provision. 
I, I know, I know you've got your own hometown. I know you've got your family and you're in your dad's house and you've got provision that way. But I want you to leave everything that you've got. And I want you to get up and go. We would all take pause at that because our mental understanding, it wouldn't work. There were, there's been times that the Lord has told us. In fact, when we started with Brother Randy, the Lord told us, I want you to be everywhere. He said, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go to Brother Randy's meeting in Gatlinburg. I said, Lord, we ain't got the money for that. He said, I want you to go. And I said, well, Lord, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I made the commitment. I said, Lord, I'm committed to doing what you told me to do and you told me to go. So I'm going to go. At this point, we were still building our faith for finances. And, 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 I, and we just didn't have the money. And uh, so all the faith I could muster was to drive from here to Gatlinburg every day. So that's what we did. And, uh, and then he said, then, then the Lord said, no, I want you to, uh, he said, I want you to go up there and I want you to stay for the week. Oh, Lord. Oh, hotel bills. Oh, okay. And then, so we started doing that and we got okay with that. But that was still, I mean, I'd have to, I mean, there were times that I literally would have to tell Brother Randy and Miss Patty, it doesn't look like we're coming. I'm believing. I'm believing. I've got everything. And this is how my message is them to go. I'm believing. My bag is packed. I'm ready to go. But if the finances don't show up, we're not going to be able to make it. And then the mail, showed, the, mail would, the, the mail would come in or Michael could call me and say, honey, I'm headed to a fire. And I go, does that mean I can go? He goes, that means you can go. Ooh, or off where I go. So we start going to Gatlinburg. Then the Lord said, I want you to go to the Pensacola meeting. Uh, okay, now, yeah, you're not driving that one back and forth. So then we started that one. And then the Lord said, now I want you to go out there to the Oklahoma meeting. Oh, okay. And then eventually the Lord said, I want you to be at every single one of Brother Randy's meetings. And he was, what was he doing? He was working our faith. But if he had said, I want you to go to the Gatlinburg Gatlinburg meeting, and we said, Lord, we ain't got money for that, how much do you know? We would have never gone to the next steps. Never gone to the next steps. Well, Abraham, all he had, all we, all I had was a, lear, a word from the Lord. All Michael had was a word from the Lord that we were supposed to be there, uh, or that I was supposed to be there, and then he was supposed, you know, we, it, it worked over time. But this is all Abraham had is a word from the Lord. Has the Lord ever spoke to you? Then you have a word. Then you have a word, and if he's spoken to you, then he will perform. He will give you. If he's told you to do something, he will make you able to do it. But you're going to have to trust him, and you're going to have to do it step by step. And you're not going to know the full plan in advance. How much you know? Abraham did not know the full plan. In fact, Abraham didn't know the plan at all because when Sarah came and said. Hey, we've been waiting on this a long time. It hadn't happened. Maybe you're not supposed to have a child with me. Maybe you're supposed to have a child with my housemaiden. He went, maybe that is the way God wants it done. Is that what God told him to do? No, he said, you and your wife. But he messed it up. How much you know, at that moment, he didn't ruin the plan of God. Listen, when you make mistakes, it's not going to be the end of the world. God's not so weak that he can't fix your mistake. In fact, he plans on you making mistakes. He makes, go back to, let's go back to Romans. I just wanted you to see all Abram had was a word. That's all he had was a single word. Go do this. Go do this. Yep. So, so back to verse uh, 18, 19. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. That's all he had was so shall thy seed be. And did he go, did he go, well, 
God, I'm like 100 years old. That's not going to happen. Nope. No, he turned to his wife and said, hey, God says we're going to have kids. And she laughed. She laughed. All right, verse 19. All right. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that he had, or that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He staggered not. First of all, verse 19, and being not weak in faith. How do you know if you're weak in faith? Go to James. You're chomping a thing under your feet. James oh. chapter 1. Where'd that come from? There's the, the scriptures give us a, a, tail, a, a marker to let us know if we are weak in faith. He said this. He said, um, starting in verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Once you, when, you, when you pray, you need to pray from a standpoint of you will not be wavered, you will not move. This is what you're believing for. This is what you're going to get. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. You're getting it. You will, you, when you pray, you need to be so persuaded that you will not take no for an answer. Let's keep going. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man, double man is unstable in all his ways. You will be unstable in your life if you are double-minded. Let me say that again. You will be unstable if you are double-minded. If in one moment you say, God's got this, I can do this, I can do all things through Christ. God told me to do this, I can do this. And then something happens. Pressure comes, and you go, well, maybe I misheard God. Well, it just doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. I know God said he would provide my finances, but the bill is due in like a week, and I just don't see how the money is going to come. So maybe I need to go do, 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 do. You're not fully persuaded. If you can be, if pressure can talk you out of what you are believing for, you are not fully persuaded. Dad Hagen, I was listening to one of his sermons the other day, and he said, and he was talking about, and he uh, had nothing to do with this sermon, but I just, it was just a coincidence. Uh, maybe it wasn't, but uh, he said this. He said, uh, when you are fully persuaded, somebody could take a, a baseball bat to you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And when they're done, you would still say, I still believe. I still believe. That, yeah, he was talking about people being persecuted. They were having such severe persecution that it was like, it, it was very similar to somebody. To, I mean, they were being beaten with whips and rods and put on stretching machines and all kinds of stuff 
so to see if they would deny to try to get them to deny christ and they would go through that physical torment and they would still say i still believe that's somebody that is fully persuaded jackie asked me the other day she said pastor she said and i might not get it exactly right word for word but she basically said are you never tempted to 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 quit on this thing or never tempted to go do this or go do that or i think i think in that particular thing she said are you ever tempted to question yeah she but yeah she's like basically or do you ever think that this is for nothing that it's not real that we're wrong whatever and i did not hesitate i looked at her and i said i've experienced too much to take that lie I've experienced too much. I've heard the voice of God too many times. I've heard him speak to me too many times. I've, I've prayed and gotten an answer immediately. Or I've prayed and I got my answer months or years later. But my prayers have always been answered. I have spoken and commanded things in the name of Jesus. And instantly they respond. I have experienced experienced the healing power of God I have experienced his supernatural provision I have experienced him transforming my life from a place of brokenness into a place of wholeness I have experienced too much to be talking out of what I have you cannot tell me that God does not exist you cannot tell me that there's not a heaven and a hell because I've experienced the the works of satan enough to know that if this hell on earth is anything like what satan has i don't want the hell under the earth because then she asked me she said are you never tempted for a cigarette or anything and i just looked at her and i said no and she said why and then she answered it for me she said because hell's not worth it i said it's not it's not i'm not what am i i'm fully persuaded that my god is real and that his word is true. Now, does that mean that I don't have weak areas in my life? Oh, no, I have weak areas in my life. I've been believing for a massive financial increase for three years. And there's days that I'm like, Lord, come on. And immediately that scripture, let a do- don't let a double-minded man think anything, that he'll receive anything of the Lord. Lord, I'm not double-minded. I just thank you. Forgive me for my moment. Father, <laughs> help thou my unbelief. Father, help me. Come on, help me, Lord. You know, when my body talks to me and, I, and I'm like, oh, man, and, and immediately my spirit will rise up and say, aren't you the healed of the Lord? Oh, yeah, I'm the healed of the Lord. Thank you, Father. I am the healed of the Lord. Why? Because I've decided to be fully persuaded. So the question is, because I know a lot of you, a lot of you have had encounters with God. A lot of you have had God speak to you personally. You've been to the throne room not once but twice. You've had, you've had spiritual ex- experiences that honestly, I'm like, hello, Lord? I'm like, seriously? Seriously? And, and, I, I, and honestly, I got, a little, I got a little frustrated and snotty-nosed with God one day. I'm like, seriously? You've taken her to the throne room twice, and I'm over here. I won't back off of you at all, and I don't get those types of experiences. And you know what the Lord told me? You don't need it. Because you're already fully persuaded. Oh. Some, some take a little more convincing than others. <laughs> so faith comes by hearing and hearing the praises of our Lord, the goodness of our God, the scriptures. It's, it, 
what she's doing by testifying this, this is building your faith. You're hearing of the goodness of God. You're hearing of the things that, that, that he's done for her. You're hearing of how she's fully persuaded. You know, Jesus was tempted of the devil in the wilderness. How did he overcome it? He overcome it, overcame it because he was fully persuaded that what he was doing was the will of God. He didn't question it. He didn't turn to the left or the right. He went straight on and he, had, and he met the devil head on and said, no, not me. When you are fully persuaded, you will not entertain the thoughts of Satan. When you are fully persuaded and Satan says, but what if? You look at him square in the eye, so to speak, and say, I ain't playing your game, you foul devil. You're trying to get me over it into doubt and unbelief, and I refuse to play this game. I am not playing this game. Uh-uh. My God said it. That settles it. Well, do you have to have, well, well, God talks to you more than he talks to me. I don't have to have an audible voice or a near audible voice. I don't even have to have the Lord speak to me because that book right there is the word speaking to me. And if I can find it in the word, I can have it. Amen. It's that simple. If the word says it, it's mine. If he said that, that, I, that Jesus came for me to have the abundant life, then Jesus, I'm taking my abundant life and I'm not waiting for heaven. I'm taking it right now. I get the abundant life right now. I get to have all my provisions met. I get to have all my needs met. And listen, this comes down to simple little things. You have to learn to walk this out in even the tiniest areas of your life, like your schedule. There were times that I worked retail and I got news for you, you work retail, you work through the holidays, and you even work the holidays. That's just the way it is. You work retail, you work Friday night and Saturday and Sunday. You work the weekends, that's what you do. But I was in the ministry, and I couldn't do it. And I told the Lord, when I had to go get a job, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, i got to get a job. i got to help support the finances of the family. And I'm really good at retail. And, you know, and I had, I mean, I've been living on, I had been, out of work for seven years. I said, Lord, that's what I know. That's what I've got references for. That's what I can give back to you. I said, I don't know if my back can handle it, but that's what i got to do. And so I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I need you to open up a job in retail that I can handle. And he did. And I said, but, Lord, they've also got to make sure that I can be off on Sunday mornings. And they've got to make sure that I can. And at that point, we were doing youth. I said, once the first Friday of every month, I've got to be off because we're doing this thing with the youth on Friday evenings every night. I said about once a month, you know, occasionally I have to have Saturdays off or a Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday, because we've got a church thing. You know, I've got to have these extra times off. And I said, that's not how retail works. But, Lord, I need you to work this out for me. And the Lord said, go tell them what your needs are. So I went and did the interview. And I sat down with him. And I was very honest. I said, listen, you need to understand I am an actual Christian. I'm not a, I'm not a Christian that just gives the Lord mouth service. I actually live the Bible. I actually do what the Bible tells me to do. I said, we have church on Sunday mornings. I have to be at church for Sunday morning service. Some, the service normally gets out at noon. Sometimes it runs long. Sometimes it doesn't. I can be here by 1. Sometimes it will be 1.30 before I can get here. But I will work on Sunday afternoons and evenings because at that time we didn't have some. I said, however, if they ever add a Sunday evening, I'm going to have to have those nights off. I said, I'll do a split or whatever you need me to do. I said, I have to have the first Friday of every night off because we're a youth minister and we have to do this. Occasionally, I'm going to need some Saturdays off because we go do other events. Sometimes we might have a meeting that runs on a Saturday, and a, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm going to need time off for that. 
If you're working with me on when I need time off, when I'm here, I will give you my absolute everything. I will work for you. I will, I will give you my best. I will work for you like I'm working for Jesus Christ because that's what the Bible tells me to do. And they looked at me and they said, if you'll work for me that hard, I'll give you all the time off that you need. I said, praise the Lord. And I had great favor with my bosses. I mean, and it hit the holidays. You know, in holidays, you got to be off for this and be off for that. you got to go because the church is super busy. I mean, and they'd black out the calendar. They'd say, from this date to this date, ain't nobody getting any time off for nothing. And I'd go to them and I'd say, listen. I said, when I got hired, we said, and I know you got these blackout dates. They said, we'll work around you. Just don't say anything to anybody, but we'll work around you. I said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I wouldn't tell anybody. And they tell you, you know, people say, and, I, and, and they say, oh, we'll see you tomorrow. And I said, no, I'm off. Well, how'd you get to be off? I don't know. Actually, actually what I, I wouldn't say I don't know. I said, it's the favor of God. I said, that's what I tell them every time. It's the favor of God. Oh, okay. You know, you got to do this on little things. Things like your schedule. Man, I, Father, you're, Father, you're telling me to do this, and I just can't put one more thing on my plate. Father, something's got to give. <laughs> Father, something's got to give somewhere. Father, show me where the give is. And, 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 and there's been several times that the Lord said, if you'll spend more time in prayer, I'll ease up your schedule. And, and in which case, I bucked at him and said, okay, so you want me to add that and you want me to pray more? And he said, yes. Well, guess what? I'm fully persuaded that when God said that he would do it, he would do it. So, God, you said if I spend more time praying, you would open up my schedule so I'm going to commit to praying more. And I would pray and my schedule would just... And I'm like, and I mean, and it would just happen so seamlessly, just so easy, just, you know, well, I just, I'm, I don't know how to, I've got this problem at work. Take it to God. Take it to God. I've got this problem. I, I've got this project I need to do and I don't know how to do it. Take it to God. God wants you to, to be there for him or God wants to be there for you in the little tiny things in your life. He will help you. Pastor Mike and Brother James were back here putting in the double sanctuary doors. And that thing was a nightmare. Remember that? That thing was a nightmare. They, uh, y'all took it apart I don't know how many times. A bunch. A bunch of times. And I mean they get in there fussing and fussing and feuding and fussing and fussing and fussing. Pastor obnoxious come in and say. They, and, and I just and I just began. I, I'd say. Y'all pray about that yet? And y'all ask the Lord how to do that yet? And they both, and, and rather than argue with them, I just said, Lord, give them the supernatural wisdom and revelation. Help them to see what to do and how to do it and when to do it. And, and then I just walked away. And a couple minutes later, they said, thank you, Pastor. I said, what? And they said, the Lord just showed us what to do. And it just went together so simple and so smooth. And I went, oh, well, praise God, but it ain't me. But see, even the little things in your life, God wants to help you in the tiny things in your life. Well, Lord, my car's making some weird noise. What is that noise? You know, how much you, you don't want to be taken advantage of by the mechanic. The Lord will show you what it is, tell you what it is. The Subaru started making a weird noise. We were like, what in the world is that? And the Spirit just dropped it down in us that it was probably the wheelbarrow. So we went in and we told him what was going on and didn't tell him what the Lord told us. But they said, oh, that's more than likely the wheelbarrow. And we said, okay, Lord, right diagnosis, thank you. But when they said that, we went, oh, okay, they know what's going on. We had that confirmation. Dad Hagen used to call it this. He always said he would have insider information. 
He had insider information. Because the situation would come up or something would happen or something would go along. And whatever the, whenever a problem arose, he would immediately take it to the Lord. And then he'd say, oh, it's going to work out. Such and such is going to happen. And they'd go, oh, that ain't ever going to happen. He'd go, no, yeah, such and so and so is going to do such and such. And this is how it's going to work out. And they'd go, and it would work out that way. And they'd come back to him and they'd go, how did you know so and so was going to do that? And he'd just tell them, he'd just look at him and smile and say, I've got some insider information. Well, they assumed that he knew somebody that knew something about the situation. They assumed it was all up here. The insider information that he had was literally on the inside. The Holy Ghost was giving him the information. But see, you won't be like that if you're not fully persuaded. So as, Michael, as Pastor Mike was saying, how do you get fully persuaded? You spend time in the Word. The more time you spend in the Word, rather, and here's the thing, when I say spend time in the Word, you can spend time in the Word a multitude of ways. You can spend time in the Word by actually grabbing your Bible and pulling a scripture, just one scripture that fits your need, and think on it and meditate it, meditate on it throughout your day. You can just talk to God. How much you know Jesus is the Word? So if you'll take if you'll take every situation in your life to God, that's spending time in the Word. Just begin. Just just make it a lifestyle of prayer. Another way to spend time in the Word is like Pastor Michael said: get you good scripture-based music. And worship and praise and worship the Father. Another way to spend time in the Word is praying in the Holy Ghost. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. There's a great deficit in that, but you can fill that deficit in very quickly. Wake up in the middle of the night. People, people come dragging in the church. Oh, I'm so tired. 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 Why are you tired? I, don't, I woke up in the middle of the night and can go back to sleep. More than likely, your spirit needed to pray. Did you pray in the Holy Ghost? No, I didn't think to pray in the Holy Ghost. Well... <laughs> get persuaded that the Holy Ghost is your answer and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. In other ways, you can count the blessings that God has given you in your life. That's right. You start listing off the things God has done for you in your life and make a, make write it down, make a list, because you'll start remembering stuff. I mean, I don't oh, know about yeah, you, but, more you but I can't remember everything, but, but, you know, I start writing it down and it's more and more stuff starts coming out. And you start you start seeing all the goodness that God's done for you, that's building your faith in God. Yeah. That's building your confidence that he d really does the things he says he's going to do. And he's not kidding about it. Yeah. Turn to Hebrews 11. This is our last thing we're going to look at. This is, if you don't have this noted next to your Bible, a good thing next to right for chapter 11 is the heroes of faith. The heroes of faith. I love this chapter, the heroes of faith. And, he's, and the chapter starts off with, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You jump over to verse 6, and it says, now without faith, now without faith, impossible to please. It's impossible to please God without faith. So if you're double-minded and you're wavering, and sometimes you use your faith and sometimes you're not using your faith, you're not pleasing to God. I had a I had a, a minister friend of ours that was in our church, and from time to time he would he was, he was actually our music minister. Um, from time to time he would just look at me and he would just go, "The Father is well pleased in you." You know, the Spirit starting to say that, and I always wondered, you know, because I, I was still 
kind of, I was still young in the things of the Lord, and every time he would do that, it just kind of caught, I would just, because that was my desire was to be pleasing to the Lord. So just, how does he know that I'm pleasing to the Lord? Like, how does he know that? And then one day I was reading my Bible and I ran across this verse. And it, I mean, it's not like I hadn't seen the verse a hundred times before. It's not like my pastor hadn't preached it a bunch of times before. But one day I was reading this verse and it hit me. This is how he knows that I'm pleasing to the Lord. Because I was in faith. Because every time you turned around, I had a testimony. Every time you turn around. Listen, every time you've got a victory in God, that should persuade you to faith. Pastor Mike talked about your blessings. How about you list the victories that you have? How many times did you pray and ask God for something and God came through? How many times can you think of that God spared your life when you should have died? How many times did God bring a provision that you were not expecting them to be? I remember I was driving down the four lane down here one day and I had an encounter with an angel and I didn't even, it was miraculous. It was down here at one of these cross intersections, and I don't even know how I managed to get out of the mess, but there was a car. There were cars going this way, cars going this way. There was cars coming across. There was cars coming across this way, and everything all of a sudden happened in, like, super slow motion. All of a sudden, this car that was headed for me all of a sudden moved and went, like, right before me, and this other car that was coming from this way like, like, it was just super, it was supernatural. I know that the angels appeared in that moment and shifted the cars just right because I was able to, basically what was going to happen was there was going to be a car that was going to hit this car and then there was going to be a car that was going to hit this car and I was caught in the middle. And I mean, just supernaturally, my car just went like that. And I mean, it was like slow motion. And I know that I know that I know. Father and angel moved those cars that day. I'm fully persuaded in the protection power of God because of that one encounter. Paul, because of his one encounter on the road of Damascus, fully persuaded. Noah, because he had a word from God about how to build the ark, fully persuaded. He had to look at those directions and and think, Well, the only way I know to do this is by God. Fully persuaded. Abraham. When Sarah became, I mean, Abraham said, Sarah, I don't know it. I don't understand it. But God said it. There had to be a faith action on their part at some point. I mean, think about, think about Peter. Denying Christ three times. But yet he had experienced, despite this severity of that failing, he had to be, he had to look back and think about everything he saw and heard from Jesus. He was fully persuaded that despite his failings, God was able to restore him. He had to. He had to. So stop and think about when, you know, when we look at, we're not, we don't have really a whole lot of time to read Hebrews 11, but I encourage you to go back and look at Hebrews 11 and think about what did they have from God that caused them to be so persuaded. And in every count, you'll find all they had was a word. That's all they had. Now, as they followed that word, then they had 
uh, event after event to see the goodness of God. But, but here's my thing. Every person in this room, many of you online, have had enough words from God and enough encounters with the wonderfulness of God that at this point, you should be fully persuaded. You should be fully persuaded. You might want to stop and think about, well, why am I not? Start listing off those reasons why you should. And begin to, and begin to kind of make some adjustments. Most of the time that you're not fully persuaded is because you don't spend enough time thinking and meditating on God. You spend more time thinking and meditating on the lies of Satan. That's, that's the number one reason that most people are not fully persuaded. The problems of this world. But if we, it, when we come to a place of full persuasion, then, you won't, then you'll begin to walk in the promises of God like you've never had before. You want to be successful in this life? Don't think on the problems. Think on the solution. Yeah. And Jesus is the solution. He is, he is the solution. Jesus is the answer. Praise is the answer. Instead of sitting and getting in the mully grubs and getting in your head about, oh, how bad this is and, oh, this storm's so awful and, oh, I can't do it. Instead of doing that, begin to praise and begin to thank God, the man who has the, off, the, 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 the answer, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Begin to, begin to say, Father, I don't see a way out, but I know you've got it. Father, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And honestly, spending much time praying in the Holy Ghost will do it. There was one minister that Brother Randy knows that, I mean, he was in the thick of it. He was bad. He was bad. He had, he had uh, I don't remember, four or five kids, and his wife was real, real bad, sick in the hospital. And, and uh, he called Brother Randy, and, and he told Brother Randy, he said, they lied to us at that Bible school. They lied to us at that Bible school. He said, whoa, hold on, brother, hold on. What do you mean they lied to us? He said, they told us at that Bible school that if we'd preach the word, they'd come. He said, man, I've been preaching the word, and they've been staying away by the droves. So Brother Randy said, and he, he began to tell him about the wife and all this drama and everything and how bad off she was, and he's trying to get the kids raised, and he's trying to run the church, and he ain't got the money for the church. He ain't got the money for the house or the medical. I mean, he's in a mess. He is in a mess. And so Brother Randy went to him, and they spent some time praying and what have you. And, and the Lord told this man, he said, you're to pray in the Holy Ghost. Check this out. You're to pray in the Holy Ghost 25 hours a week. 25 hours a week. And he's, he's, he's raising kids, and his wife's in the hospital, and he's pastoring a church. And, and, and now the Lord says, you know, he's, he's sitting there going, Lord, something's got to give. And the Lord said, pray 25 hours a week in the Holy Ghost. So the man said, what do I got to lose? So he got to praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, everywhere he went, every chance he got, praying in the Holy Ghost, getting three, four, hour, four to five hours of prayer in a day, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying while he was sitting next to his wife in the hospital, praying when he was traveling on the road, praying when he was getting the kids, pray, getting up early praying, going, staying up late praying. He was making sure he was getting his time in. And in a very short period of time, everything completely turned around. His wife miraculously recovered and came out of the hospital. He, the, the community that he was in was only like, what was it, like 900 or a thousand, something like that. It was a very small community. And uh, his church, brother, he said, Brother Randy, you've got to get down here. Brother Randy came down uh, to, to preach. 
and they were in a little room, and they looked out in the congregation. He, he said it was wall to wall. I mean, people were even standing. Wall to wall, packed in the house. And he said, he said, how many people are out there? He said, well, the ushers just brought me the number, and it was something like 1,200 people. There were more in the church than there were in the community. Why? Because he spent time praying. What did he do? He got fully, he got a word from God and got fully persuaded that if he would do what God told him to do, God would take care of it. God would take care of it. Glory to God. Let's get fully persuaded. Well, glory to God. Uh, Zach, if you'll come to serve the people. Glory to God. Derek will be able to serve soon. Glory to God. He's improving every day. Amen. Continuing to lose weight and continuing. Oh, my goodness. Continuing to get better and better. That Those feet are getting better and better. Glory to God. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm giving online uh, through text message. That's the way we're giving today. If you want to give by check, you just make it out to DHM or give cash. Uh, if you want to give online, the instructions are on the screen. Glory to God. Well, thank you, thank you. Are we still live or did I already cut it off? It's still live. Well, let me do this while y'all are getting your ties together. I just feel prompted for this, and, and honestly, this is for somebody online. If you have never received the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, it is a supernatural experience that will change everything in your world. It will guarantee that you're heaven-bound, provided that you continue to stay with Jesus and work the word. Um, but it's real simple to, to, to receive salvation. All you have to do is just say, Father, I believe that, your son, that Jesus is your son, that he died on the cross for me, and that, it was, and that, he, was, that he was raised from the dead. And, Father, I just receive him as my Lord and my Savior, and I ask that you wash my sins away. I receive your forgiveness, and I receive Christ as my Lord. Pray that prayer, and there'll be a, from your heart, not from your head. It's got to be from your heart. Uh, Romans 10.10 10 says that if we will confess Christ, if we will believe in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead, and if we'll receive him as our Lord and Savior, that we shall be saved. It's just that simple. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be involved. Uh, if you pray that prayer, reach out to us and let us know so we can help get you connected to a church because being part of a church is critical because that's where you learn to grow in the things of God. And, uh, and, and uh, it's, it's, you've got you to attach to the body of Christ, which you do through a church that God sets you in. I also want to say this online. Uh, if you don't have a local church, you need to be seeking and asking God, where is your local church? Because you need that. Uh, it's fine to, to listen online if you don't have the ability to get out. But if you have the ability to get out, you need to, to get attached to a good word church. Because the Bible says that, we're, that he places us in the body. Which where means he places us where he wants us and where he needs us to be a part of his yeah. body. And if you're not there, the body suffers for that. That's right. So... He's placed you in a place, and he, he has a place for you. And if you don't know where that place is, pray to him and ask him to show you and reveal to you where that place is so you can become a part of that body because that body will be better for having you in it. That's right. That's right. Glory to God. Well, thank you, Jesus. You want to bless the tithes and the offerings? Sure. Glory to God. Lord, we thank you for this word that we've received today. We, we thank you that it falls on good ground, that it will grow in, in our lives. And as we meditate on your word throughout the week, that we, it will grow in our lives and it will bear fruit in our lives and in the lives of those that we come in contact with. For we will share your word. We are called to be 
preachers. We are called to share your word and to spread the good news, and we will spread it. We will tell all those that, that we come in contact that when there's the opportunity and, 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 the, and, and it is evident that they will, that they, that, 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 they, that there is, a, there is an avenue for us to, to share your word. We yes, will Lord, share it, open Lord. Door. Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord, that you have given us this word. And Lord, we we thank you that 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 you have shown us how to to build these concrete pillars, how to become fully persuaded that you are the Lord of our lives, and that you have saved us, and that your word says that we are saved. So we are saved, and there is no question. Your word says that we are healed, and that that your Son died for us, that we wouldn't have to go through this. And there is no question; it is the truth. It is what it is, and we believe it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You must flee. You must leave us be. We do not accept your sickness. We do not accept your poverty. We do not accept your lies in Jesus' name. Glory to God, Father. We do loose the angels of heaven to go out and minister on our behalf, Father, causing our pathways to be cleared, open doors of opportunities to be a witness in Jesus' mighty name. And we charge the angels to go out, cause pro, uh, prosperity and provision to come in every avenue and every way. Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. You can serve the people. There went our tithes and offerings. Thank you, Father. So remember God. as you're leaving to sign up for the uh, fellowship. Fellowship. And if you need an extra week to figure out what you're bringing, that's fine. Right. Make that's sure you true too. <laughs> uh, and also remember that that uh, for the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter, that deposits are due by the 11th of February. Yes, that's four weeks. We try to give everybody four weeks. And uh, but other than that, we are dismissed. We'll see you tonight at 5:30 for prayer.